Welcome to Hitachi Solutions Podcast. Join us as we talk with our skilled professionals and experts exploring how customers, like you, are delivering business outcomes, tackling business challenges, and accelerating their business initiatives leveraging Microsoft applications and technologies. Companies should continuously review their strategic plan and organizational goals to remain competitive and maintain growth. Proper planning is the initial stepping stone on the path towards digital transformation. In today's episode of Hitachi Solutions Insights, we'll discuss how organizations prepare for their digital transformation journeys. Be sure to listen to the end as we hit on the immediate actions you can take to move your company forward. Hi, everyone. My name is Dave Horstein, and I'm a client partner at Hitachi Solutions Advisory Services Practice, where we help clients identify, visualize, and realize business value. With me today is my colleague, Jim McLennan. How's it going, Jim? Hey, not too bad. I'll do a little intro if you want. Uh, Please do, Jim. Yeah, so who I haven't met yet. Uh, My name is Jim McLennan, and I'm a vice president of uh, digital advisory. Uh, But really, I've got this, you know, long career in corporate IT, and that's kind of what I bring to the table uh, for Hitachi and all of our our clients. Uh, And a long career in in doing digital efforts as well. That's traditional IT as well as, you know, digital efforts. I love the topic. I love the topic we're talking about today, and I really see that there's these two different components. Obviously, everybody wants to talk about technology. Everybody wants to talk about the digital stuff first. What they don't expect is the significant uh, organizational or team component that really is required for a true digital transformation. I mean, it's it's really the the the, the conversation will always go to talking about what folks want to hear versus what folks really need to hear. And what does the people usually want to hear? Oh, the people just want to talk about the new technology. I want to play AI and I want to have like uh, bots running things. Uh, but you can't, it, it's, you know, you really can't pay for over, uh, if you automate a mess, you get an automated mess, if you know what I mean. That's right. And, and you have to really think about a lot of different things in a very holistic way when you think about a digital transformation. That makes sense. And that's, you know, transitioning to the world that I come from, which is really on the organizational side. And to me, it's about marrying those two things together before really getting started on that digital journey. How do we make sure the organizational house is in order? Yeah. But that said, if if we really want to, you know, start with what people want to talk about, of course, can we jump into digital readiness a little bit and, and chat sure. about that. Sure. Um, well, how about what if we start with the concept of digital readiness? Um, you, a lot of the work that you do is helping organizations really prepare that technical side of the house to get started on these digital journeys. What does what does digital readiness mean to you? Well. Point. In fact, I actually don't focus that much. It's a component, you know, getting, you know, the the, the technical readiness. Uh, But we talk about um, value and we talk about, you know, what kind of value counts to an organization, because it's really in the end, it's it's going to be a change. It's it's a it's a change in power structures. It's a it's a change in ownership. It's a it's a change in required skills to make stuff happen. And it's also a change in, in a lot of, you know, how companies understand what innovation means and how they uh, uh, know how to apply new ideas and new skills and new technologies to uh, uh, the same old business problems, either to get breakthrough results or to react to something that's happening out in the market. And innovation is, yeah, and innovation is is something I, I love sort of drilling in with to folks because, 
I think it absolutely can be engineered, uh, but there's a lot more organizational and permission and you have to have the right mindset. At the same time, you have to have the right kind of controls because it's not about going off and playing with the latest tools and not having a, a, a sort of a business outcome in mind. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is in, in a lot of the engagements you're having with organizations, you're coming in and they might either not have that definition of innovation. They might not truly understand what it means to take the next steps or to get to get the, their skill sets in, in order. Is that fair? Do you run into that pretty frequently? Yeah, quite frankly, uh, most companies are are just just sort of locked up because they've been doing the same thing for so long. The digital teams have you know huge amounts of technical debt and backlogs of, of, of programs, and you know the the other functional areas of the business don't have the hands-on knowledge to get the 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 information they want out of the day. They have all the data they want, they don't have the information they want. Okay. And, and so there's a lot of sort of how do we break through the log jam and start to really think differently and take different ownership? Yeah, absolutely. So you come in, you have these conversations, you help organizations really, really better understand innovation, yeah. what it's going to take to skill up so that they can start taking on these, these innovative initiatives. Um, what is your approach? How do you, how do you help organizations like establish their baseline of maturity and as, as they move forward? Well, yeah, we do have an assessment process. We do have a way to ask folks, hey, you know, what does good look like and where you're at right now, and where you think the gaps are. And one of the important um, one of the neat things about it is you can ask that question to a bunch of different areas of the company and get different answers. And that's actually one of the, the yep. things we're trying to uncover is everybody on the same page. Um, a quick aside, though, sometimes. When I talk about this stuff, it sounds like I'm slowing down and getting really pedantic because a lot of folks say, well, it's it's IT and the business. And that just drives me up a wall because actually, typically, you know, whenever I was in IT, I figured myself as part of the business. And so I don't know what that other group is. But I do understand the concept of the other functional areas and stuff. So I'm in IT, it's, but somebody's in in operations, somebody's in sales and marketing, somebody's in finance. Everybody has skills, everybody has needs, everybody has things to massively valuable things to contribute, and you have to figure out how to sort of tie all those things together. Yeah. I what's interesting about that is I I'm, I'm seeing more and more that organizations are realigning IT um in in or bringing them closer to the CFO. And so looking at really how the organization in prioritizes its, its its investments in tying their digital strategy to that is are you experiencing that with your clients well my sense is it's it's half and half if, if we're having a digital conversation uh, then um it may roll under digital may own digital somebody else yep. may own own it but it becomes a sort of key part of that and that role uh, uh in best case actually uh, uh reports to the ceo uh, if a company is reporting sure. IT to or, or that kind of stuff to the CFO, it really means they're focused on cost. And yep. that that's only one kind of value creation that, you know, digital brings to the table and we're really sort of oversimplifying. And so part of the conversation maturity is is understanding how organizations define value so we can have this broader idea because you need to bring all the rest of the organization in. The interesting thing about the uh, the maturity assessment stuff is we also take a first crack at assessing the maturity of your teams 
because we come into this whole conversation with the idea that a successful digital transformation, a successful digital business, a sustainable digital business uh, uh, has teams that are well connected and well um, versed in these uh, different kinds of things. Have you ever, with that said, have you ever run into a client, you've come in, you've, you've sat down, you've assessed their team, and they they weren't quite at the level they were expecting, maybe scored a little bit lower than they were expecting? No, you know, actually, most, most of the folks I talk to, they are self-aware. They are understanding that, you know, either inside of uh, the digital teams or inside of the... Uh, you know, say finance or operations yeah. and stuff. They really think that, you know, we can get better at all this stuff. It's really a question. People are aware. They're just looking for ways to sort of uh, um, break down the walls and and you know break through the 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 old way of doing things and thinking differently. They're they're looking for tactics around that. Not really, but they're very aware. But I remember the first couple of times that I went through the process. Um, people were taking the maturity assessment and and splitting up in different ways that I'd never thought of before because they were using it as a way to sort of judge their alignment as well as judge their maturity. And it was just, just brilliant. So there's actually no one way to, yeah, there's no one way to do it. Uh, but all the different options kind of helps you drill in. It's, it's a sneaky way to start drilling into organizational alignment um early on in the process because once again it is core that's why that's why when i draw my little pictures and stuff i always put it right in the middle so jim all that said so we come in we we assess an organization we help them understand where they're at on the digital side in terms of their, their maturity what do we do next how do they prioritize time talent and money as they approach their digital journey once they have that baseline I love the way you asked that question because it's um, a lot of people think you're prioritizing investment uh, and that is in dollars. And that's one way. Sure. But the, the more scarce resource in all organizations is time and attention. And really, it's how do you prioritize time and attention? And there's two different vectors we come at that with. One is with a broader definition of value that goes beyond dollars and cents. You know, how do you justify, you know, investments in cybersecurity when they don't make you any money? They don't save you any money. How does that fit? But you have to do it, right? Yeah. So you have to have a broader definition of value and a broader metric for it. And, but, but it's also not really focused on, you know, we're going to come up with a force range, rank, force ranking of like, you know, projects one through 10 and we can go up to six. What you're, you're looking for is, is how do we get the gist of what's going on here and, and, and really find out where that critical, this is where the line is, anything below the line doesn't happen. How do I get to those decisions? And then all, all the other decisions kind of flow. The obvious ones don't do. The obvious ones you have to do, you know, yeah. invest whole heart. Okay. And then um, the second thing that we do, sorry, the second thing that we do also is help folks understand that, that um, you know, this change happens across an awful lot of other things that are happening in your business. And so how do you visualize the time required so you don't overcommit? Um, yeah. That's, that's always an interesting question to get folks to understand, you know, they're saying yeah. yes to too much. I've found so many times coming in again from that organizational perspective, we get started on an engagement, particularly in advisory services where the clients have, maybe they thought they've gone through and established their priorities and they're working on the right things 
and we come to find out very quickly they can't provide the 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 attention that we need to to be able to answer the questions of of what they want to do next or yeah. um or how they actually want to go about implementing you know an experience focused uh platform things like that yeah. and so it is it is difficult i think organizations often don't ask the questions of you know what projects or or initiatives are sharing resources and how do we make sure we understand when there's a conflict um which one wins out it, it becomes a challenge i've even experienced recently um a client where their subject matter experts on the implementation couldn't understand how they were supposed to prioritize their day job versus um the the project itself so i think that to your point it's something that gets very easily overlooked but is so yeah. critically important up front to to identify that makes sense. How about yeah. um, it, once an organization has those priorities established, so they've got kind of their their game plan in order, they've maybe worked with you on building out that digital roadmap, where do they begin? It sounds like a trite answer. It's really the low-hanging fruit, you know, the small okay. wins. But in my mind, it's it's you've got an awful lot of inertia to overcome. And so really, you know, it's I can trot out a million aphorisms, you know, the journey of a thousand miles or how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. Um, but look for those quick wins to, 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 to get some education. Hey, here's something we do every single day or every single month. Why? Nobody nobody cares about that anymore. I tell you what, let's just stop doing it. Literally, that won't impact anybody. But there is such a. Uh, sort of organizational, often there's such an organizational resistance to turning anything off. It's like, no, 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 actually it's okay. You pull the plug, it stops working. It's great. Yeah. So you have to get those little bitty wins. Uh, that works in the beginning, and then you're going to have to take on something interesting. And that takes a little insight because you don't want to take on anything huge to start or in, in phase two. You want to take something that's got a little heft to it that's going to you know, impact some people and make people think differently. Uh, but also don't blow it out of the water because again, you're trying to get this, you know, ship turned around and, and right. so you got to develop a little inertia. Uh, but I think it's actually, if you, if you're honest with yourself, if the organization is honest with itself, um, these small wins are easier to find than most people think. Yeah. That reminds me of, of one of the, one of the core things that we, we work to do with our clients in, um, prototyping solutions. Uh, you're talking about basically that momentum that leaders don't want to give up, that maybe they've headed down the wrong path, but they've invested so much time, talent, energy into it that they don't want to pull that plug. Um, what yes, we try to do the, then is how can we chop that up and let's prototype what we think is the right solution, whether it's a business process change, uh, the implementation of a custom application. It could be you know, rolling out new architecture within the organization. If we can test things in small chunks to make sure and validate that we're on the right path that can that can really save a lot of pain later on um where where it relates to you know addressing that low-hanging fruit yeah there's lots of stuff to talk about in terms of fallacy of some costs and and yeah. uh sort of resistance to change and inertia and, and and small bets and fear of failure and failure is not an option and all those different things but now we're sort of trying to get into we are definitely getting into topics of conversation that have less to do specifically with digital and more to do with the sort of underlying core thing, which is we are talking about bringing change in an organization. Is the organization 
ready for this change. So, so now I'm going to actually start asking you some questions because this is where we can dig into as well. You know, when you think about the strategic plan, you think about how something new like a digital transformation is coming. You know, when you think about strategic plan and, and leaders sort of owning that, you know, what's, how do you think leaders should go about reviewing their plans? Yeah, we, funny enough, we, we are often pulled in. Uh, a lot of our clients will have worked with maybe a big four firm in the past to lay out an initial strategy. They conduct a lot of um, assessments, uh, competitive analysis, market analysis, and really lay out that five-year plan. Where we're often brought in is it maybe after year one, year three, they've got to blow some dust off the cover of that plan to figure out if they're really still heading in that right direction or if the plan even makes sense. And I think back to um, a, a client that actually um, Greg Gant, who our, um, our fearless leader, worked with me on uh, a, a health payer um, that essentially had that very exact situation. They realized that they were starting to lose ground in market share. Um, some of their membership was was tapering off. They weren't seeing the growth that they were expecting. So they had asked us to come in and help them really bring their leadership team together, uh, dust that cover off that plan and, and figure out if they're focused on the right things. So we did. We basically locked ourselves in the room for a few days, um, sat their C-suite down and asked a lot of probing questions to understand uh, where they should truly be focusing their time and attention. And what we ended up uh, doing was coming out with a reformulated plan. So we struck the things that didn't make sense anymore. We shifted priorities based on current market conditions and we landed on that path forward just a few days later. Um, so I think it's important for organizations, you know, while we come up with these these five year plans and we get everyone on board and, and this we charge towards similar to the, the whole digital discussion. Do you pu pull the plug early on an implementation that's not going well? Uh, it's the same with your strategic plan. If if your strategy needs to change because of something that happened in the market or something that's happening in, in the talent pool, you shouldn't continue down the path you're on. We should take a, a deep introspective look at the organization, revisit that plan, and make sure everyone's in alignment with, with that, that path forward, that we have a clear set of directions, we have a clear set of priorities, and we can get everyone on board with that. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I believe 100% of what you're saying that, you know, strategic plans need to be looked at, you know, very regularly. And I come from a world that that happens every single year. Uh, you build another three year plan every single year. And in some ways it's kind of sounds kind of funny, but just this morning I read something about how, uh, uh, that's not the greatest idea and people should stick, uh, companies should stick with their plans a little bit longer. You know, it's interesting. Hey, this is what we said. Now we're saying something different. You know, you can see the leadership team not being aligned, uh, uh, with, those kind of decisions or just just because of the nature of what strategic plans cover how do you how do you think you know we can help folks align and build consensus among those teams yeah uh, the the most important thing there is is that the highest levels of leadership should make sure that they have consensus before moving forward with any plan um, so well i I don't necessarily agree with the article you read. And, and if you look at others like the table group who's putting a lot of studies out on this, uh, they yeah. even recommend a shorter time span, like a year's too long. Let's cut it down to nine months. Um, but essentially, as we're looking to what, whatever the situation is, if you as you've landed on that refined strategy, it's important that you don't leave the room until you have consensus. So if we've got C-suite in a room for three days 
and we come out with what we think is is the next plan, uh, plan to move forward, we have to ask that question, verbally commit to that. Does everyone in the room agree that this is the path for the organization, that you're all going to take this messaging, take this plan, and help disseminate it to all of your employees and teams to make sure that they are all moving in the same direction? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's up to the leadership team, the highest levels of leadership, to take that message, build that consensus in a sponsor coalition among their, the C-suite, the VP level directors, and then make the ask. That's what I often hear missing is I'll hear uh, leadership teams discuss their strategies, but never make the ask to bring that messaging down to the teams, to their mm. frontline employees. And so it's critically important to, to confirm what the next steps are when you come out of that planning process. Who's going to communicate what? What is, what is the plan for communication? What's the narrative that, that is going to be shared across all teams moving forward? And then get that commitment that the leaders in the room are going to bring the messaging down to their employees. Yeah. Or up, depending on your point of view. <laughs> yes, yes. But definitely, I mean, we're talking about the front line. We're talking about the folks that, you know, like, like have the conversations with the customers that, that make and ship the products and, and, and deliver the services yeah. and, and fulfill the back end every day. They're really key. I mean, what, at that leadership level, what's the, what's, how do you see folks being really effective in sponsoring and carrying that messaging yeah. down uh, up to those teams? You, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking of, uh, I, there's a COO that I, I work with frequently and that was one of the first questions I asked him when we, when we met, um, was how do you take the messaging of, of your strategy and bring that down to your line level employees? And, the 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 look on his face of like i i actually don't do that and in that light bulb going off he he had realized that if he can bring the messaging down if he can help his employees down in the front line understand how their work is contributing to the whole yeah they're going to find more value in their work they're going to be more motivated to do to do the job that they're doing on that front line they're going to feel more fulfilled as they go home at the end of the day for their families and so I think it's just very important how they do that. It's keeping a pulse on what's going on down at that line level. Even if you're a COO, a COO, a CFO, you can still, there's nothing stopping you from communicating to the rest of the organization. So that definitely should first and foremost come from that level. But it's so important that they also make sure that the managers of those people are echoing the same message. And we know in our in our change advisory services team, we often preach that um, people want to hear from their direct managers especially yeah. around how they should be prioritizing their time. So if you're hitting them on two fronts, the C-suite's really sharing that vision, that strategy, the direction the organization's heading in. And then we've got the people managers out there explaining how what that means to their direct employees. You've got the perfect recipe for moving forward and getting everyone in alignment, moving towards that, what should be that digital journey. Yeah. You know, Dave, we, uh, we, we, we made a mistake. This is such a great beer conversation. We should be like, (laughs) haven't I called one in like Friday afternoon? But, uh, it is, you know, coming close to the next meeting and stuff like that. So if you wanted to sort of wrap this up and tie all this, this really interesting stuff together, what are, how, how how do we suggest folks uh, get started? Yeah. You know, we talked at the beginning about the right approach. Do you start with the digital or the organizational side of the house? I think the first thing, if we look at, if we break it down into three pieces, the first thing is revisit and refine that organizational strategy and goals. Make sure you've got alignment and sponsorship with your leadership team and you know who's going to bring that messaging down. So that's point number one. Two, 
make sure that we're assessing the maturity and readiness of that those technical resources in your team. So the pe- not just individuals, people, process, and technology. Identify those gaps where you think you're going to need to make some investments to to skill up in those areas or or acquire technical resources you don't have today before making investments on future technology. And then you made a great point. Start with the quick wins. So we've got the organizational house in order. We've got the digital house in order. What's the first initiative we should be taking on? Start with those quick wins, validate they're going to work for the organization, and then continue on that digital journey. We are Hitachi Solutions, a global team of innovators who support our customers' data and business system modernization initiatives.